0: Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taid, and today we are talking to Dimitris Dimitriades. Dimitris is the co-founder of The Future Cats, an integrated digital marketing agency, and he's a futurist. Actually, he's the main reference of futurists in his field in Greece, right, Dimitris? Where he's from, actually. His mission is to give the world a better understanding of how society, human interactions, and business will look like in the years to come. As a public speaker on future trends, he gives his audience an optimistic, yet down-to-earth take on the future and how technologies disrupt everything we do. He's a TED speaker, and do keynote talks in events like Social Media Week, DCN's Influencers Hub, and so on. Dimitris is a lead lecturer at City College University of York, Europe campus on digital marketing analytics, artificial intelligence, and predictive analytics, and social media instructor. Dimitris, you are the future hacker, right? So great to have you with us here. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really love your name. So, Future Hacker for me is my, my physical environment.
0: <laughs> You're supposed to be talking to us, Dimitris. And you know what? You have such an interesting journey. You know, I'd love if you could begin, if you tell us, you know, how you ended up in the futuristic field.
1: Yes, of course. My journey is a bit disruptive because uh, I started as an artist. So I started studying fine arts at the Royal College of Arts at London, getting a degree in design, my first bachelor's in design. Then I was lucky enough to join a new in a new semester in royal college joint program from uh, mit media lab and uh, royal college of art so i did my msc in design interactions uh, back then we had uh, dvds we had cd roms interactive cd roms and touch screens and things like uh, projections and video art so we explored different mediums that we we thought back then that it will be the future of interactions. iPhone was not invented yet. So my master is on design interaction. And then I found out of two incredible m- mentors, Nicolas negreponte from MIT Media Lab and Ray Kurzweil, back then an independent futurist at Google, the field of future studies. So I did PhD on the field of future studies. I studied interactions and design interactions and the role that these interactions will play into the future and how exponential technologies will shape the way we communicate. So I, in many cases, I use uh, design thinking into future studies and future thinking in order to prepare studies. And right now, I work as a member researcher at a special secretary for strategic foresight, the government of the Hellenic Republic, and we do we try to break the four year round of a government to establish foresight in a, a more official and governmental way.
0: That sounds really exciting. And you know, I want to go deeper into that, but before that, how is the strategic foresight area developed in Greece? especially, you know, when you compare it with countries like, I don't know, UAE and Israel and Japan. How do you see that?
1: In Greece, we had uh, an ancient past as regards strategic foresight. We had Delphi, which is back then in the ancient Greek times, gave the strategic foresight and some kind of predictions for the future. Hopefully, we don't do predictions for the future in strategic foresight. We do the best case scenarios and what if as regards the future, we don't predict the future in foresight. And in Greece and the Greek market, people start believing in quote in strategic foresight after the pandemic or during the pandemic, because we are still into the pandemic. And small businesses, medium businesses, bigger businesses, even governments understood that the only certainty is the uncertainty. So we need to embrace the change and we need to understand that we need to prepare ourselves for alternative scenarios and many cases there are no black swans and we have wildcard events now and then and we need to be prepared. So I am based in Greece for 10-12 years now after London and Copenhagen so we think that strategic foresight is a great fit for the mentality of the people greek people can understand that uh, they are by far adaptable as a mindset the greek mindset is adaptability and they can adapt to change and they can embrace change so as regards Companies, they move very fast in the digital transformation. We had a gigantic leap in the government as regards digital transformation. We were the first to introduce artificial intelligence in the borders when COVID hit, examine samples and finding patterns as regards COVID cases. Right now, one of the first governments in European Union introducing COVID pass and mobile COVID pass and checks and QR codes everywhere. Imagine that two or three years before COVID, this digital transformation was just a mere dream for actual people. So we don't even had digital IDs. We had the classic plastic thing, which is not even fit to a credit card. So compared to other countries, Israel, for example, is doing strategic foresight because of the nature of the state. The state investing a lot in military services, investing a lot in military research. They do a lot of funding uh, in universities for military research. So we cannot compare Greece to Israel, for example, or UAE. UAE is a very new state they invest a lot of their money in order to have a future because they don't have a past they are just starting so they can start from scratch and they can build everything so if they have a vision for the future they can do great things so greece we have an ancient history we have 400 years of ottoman empire in greece and now we are a democratic government for, I don't know, 220 years right now. So, this is why Greece is a very peculiar case as regards strategic foresight.
0: It was great points that you brought. And, you know, I just find it super interesting to be able to bring all this richness in culture that Greek has into the modern world when thinking about maybe even using immersive technologies into the education system to better engage those new generations. So how far are we from that?
1: We are not far, far. In Greece, we have, as regards the cultural richness, we have two basic pillars that technology can see and go towards a direction to exploit the cultural richness of Greece. One is ethics and ethics in AI, we have Plato. we have uh, huge richness as regards ethics and AI and AI researchers as regards AI ethics can look into this richness and Greek researchers can tap into the ancient Greece potential as regards the AI and ethics. On the other hand, we have a great cultural richness as regards ancient greece and uh, all the marvels that the ancient greeks did back then we have 3d virtual worlds of athens we have olympia from the olympic games we have uh, cret and the Minoan empire we have macedonian alexander the great so we have a lot of historical and cultural richness to See when you are on an immersive environment, when you are on virtual reality, when you are on the metaverse. So it's easy to create a time capsule for these great years, the great Athens in uh, the golden era of Athens, for example, Delphi, or whatever city you imagine in Greece, there is a richness in history. And there are right now initiatives in Greece and we have digitized, all this cultural influence and we can present these cultural reasons to the world. So I see an untapped potential for VR, for AR, for XR, extended realities and the metaverse. And right now we can live into these cities, we can walk these cities and we can understand the magnificence of ancient Greece. In terms of how we can use it in education... I think that we can use it in education in a ways more than one because from one side I say, okay, we can have VR and virtual reality and walkthrough in Athens. But from the other hand, we can have uh, someone, 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, building Parthenon on Minecraft. So we can have both, both worlds and digital natives, the actual Generation Alpha and Generation Z, the kids, right now, they are very familiar on creating new stuff based on ancient Greece or based on the history. So we have great potential in front of us.
0: You know, as much as uh, we have all those potentials to use the technology to build everything you can on the virtual world, when we are talking about Greece, I just wanted to hop on a plane and go there personally, you know?
1: <laughs> okay. You have an open invitation right now.
0: Definitely on my to-do list. Definitely. So one of the dear topics of yours is to talk about, you know, how to adjust for the future mindset. I understand that we all, the whole world went through this movement of, you know, understanding how how we need to be thinking about and planning for the future and for the uncertainties for a forced situation, a forced emergency situations. But, and this is something that naturally moves us to change, Right. But on you know regular cases without having to go through such a traumatic experience, how can we just, I don't know if through our cultural or educational system or even however we're learning, how to change this mindset?
1: For me, one thing that I say in every keynote is that future is a human invention. So if we can see the future, if we can imagine the future we can make the future so future is a mindset is a mindset on how to adapt how to plan human brain is prediction machine tries to predict every every move in order to keep you safe for some cases you are fine because you are in your comfort zone and your uh, lizard brain predicts everything and uh, you are in a safe environment your soul set is Set for growth. So, your actual human need is to grow. So, fights always with your brain that wants you to keep you safe. And in order to adapt to epistemic changes, the only thing you need to do is to do scenarios for the future. These will ease the anxiety for the future. These will prepare yourself. And I'm talking from a household to planning for kids, to small company, to a big government. Everyone needs, from small to large scale, needs a future mindset. The only thing that changes from a household to a government is the time frame. So, okay, a household cannot make alternative scenarios for 30 years, but a government must do alternative scenarios for 10, 15, 30 years. So we can use the actual foresight tools, future cones, future scenarios, different tools. We have the circle of uh, the future. We have different different scientific proven tools in strategic foresight that we can use in our everyday lives. It's okay I don't say you must plan all the alternative scenarios and one thing that people got wrong is that every time we plan we plan for the bad we plan for the emergency but the human brain actually construction of the human brain is that they cannot understand the negative there is a nice saying that if I tell everyone not to think of an elephant everyone will think of an elephant so our actual brain is constructed only for the positive the problem with the brain is that with very small fragments of sensory input an image a sound a smell the sense of a place can build stories and these stories are our actual narrative so every time we plan for the future and we plan a scenario we tend to plan for the emergency so if we apply the future mindset with all the actual predictable or not predictable outcomes, we can be much, much more positive. For me, the future is bright and we can do it and we can make the future. Why? Because if we collectively make better choices by planning, the whole narrative will go positive. So... I understand black uh, swans or wildcard events and okay, we cannot predict an earthquake or we cannot predict a tsunami followed by an earthquake or a pandemic, but we can be prepared for all the best or the worst case scenarios. So we need to be ready to adjust and to embrace change. And this is only through a future mindset.
0: I absolutely love your points. You know, Another topic that you usually cover is singularity and the evolution of artificial intelligence, right? So do you see, I think, you know, per your last answer, I think I can guess your next answer, but do you see a future that would be more of a combination of processing, machine learning, and the human's ability to deal with the unexpected, you know, something more harmonic, let's say, or a future in which machines will outpace human intelligence? So are you an utopian or a dystopian? You just told me that you think the future is bright. So, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about this point. So how do you see us actually being able to get along and not having the machines outpacing us?
1: As regards singularity, I had a very wonderful discussion this weekend with my mentor, Nicolas Negreponte, and Delphi Economic Forum. So we had a discussion about singularity and his opinion about singularity is that we maybe we will not see and we will not be there when singularity will happen. So in the time frame of the next 30 or 50 years, my personal opinion is a bit different. I think that in the next 30 years, we are going to live... 100,000 years compressed. So the evolution will be exponential and will be exponential in AI, of course. We saw in two years the data points of GPT-3 and the Chinese equivalent doubling every six months. So every six months we had 20 billion nodes on general transformers like uh, GPT-3 or other neural networks. So we see the pattern of the exponential growth as regards the exponential growth and the quantum computing quantum computing is going super fast right now so in terms of computational power we see that we are going to have the computational power for a general intelligence i don't know if we we will have the actual power because we right now we are point our efforts to solar panel and wind as regards renewables. And for me, this is super wrong, because the actual needs are tenfold, twentyfold than what these renewables can produce. And the answer is plasma and atomic energy and plasma fusion. But we are far from that. So I think that Only through nuclear fusion, we can power the needs of humanity 2.0. So if we are going to be a planetary civilization and go to inhabit the moon and go to Mars, we are not going with solar panels and wind energy. This is not enough. We need nuclear fusion. So this concept as regards the singularity, for me, has three major pillars. One is the exponential growth the other is the actual computational power through quantum computing we have and the other is capacity and right now if you see in 1991 we had 10 kilobytes on SD and now we have uh, five terabytes on a micro SD in the size of a nail and very soon we are going to have whole data centers in a cube of sugar size so we have these three pillars and we are ready to fuel the singularity. The problem is that we think that singularity is something that will outpace humans and the machine will uh, rule us uh, and make us uh, paperclips or whatever. I think if we manage to see to see this, I believe in a liberal utopia that we can have the machine working together with humans and giving humans the ability to avoid the mundane tasks and concentrate into producing actual knowledge. We embrace ancient Greece and we embrace the ancient Greeks that they produce democracy, that they produce marvels as regards astronomy or even foresight books and we don't understand why because they they had all the means they had a great quality of life in order to produce this world and the only way to have universal income to cure once and for all global hunger is by technology. So only through technology we can produce and print food and uh, not have uh, huge livestocks that are polluting the environment. Only with technology we can have better computational power to cure all the diseases and uh, AI understanding patterns through a disease so we can make better antibiotics and better drugs in general. Only through technology we can have actual decentralization and decentralized currencies so we can universal income so i am a super fan utopian <laughs> so
0: <laughs> i love that i love your points dimitris so listen everybody i still have a lot of questions for him but we're we just got out of time for the first episode we are moving to a second episode with dimitris hanging there
1: thank you thank you very much so we are moving already to a second episode
0: <laughs> future hacker life path future